everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. If you feel like you need more Death Valley Girls or more Death Valley Girls podcast in your life, well, then you got to go to our Patreon page. It's, I think, Death Valley Girls at Patreon. There you will find tons of behind-the-scenes access and plenty of fun content to quell your needs. And now, for today's hero. Have you ever found art or seen art or come across art and you're like, whoa, that is exactly what I'm into. How did that person make that? How did they know that to make art that is exactly what I'm into? That's how I felt when I saw today's hero, Mark Rogers' art for the first time. Everything about it, the colors, the content, the subjects, the stories behind it. Go check it out at markrogersart.com. But after this podcast, after finding out his process, I think now I'm beyond fan and it's turned into obsession. And now, without further ado, please welcome to your head and heart, Mark Rogers. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Um, when I told everyone that you were going to, uh, I was going to interview you, they're like, no way. Oh my God, that is so cool. Like, how'd you do it? Um, and I was like, I reached out, you know, uh, and you were very fast and quick um, and nice. So thank you for that. Um, thank you. I wanted to start off by saying this is a hero's podcast and you are a hero. And I just would... Uh, love to talk to you about your process and your amazing art. Um, would you like to say who you are and where you are? Um, I'm Mark. I'm Mark Rogers. I presently live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, of all places. I just moved here recently, and I'm a painter. That's so and cool. I paint weird stuff. That's that's so cool. And that was a really nice introduction that you gave me too. I really do not feel like a hero to anyone or anything. So that's pretty far out. Yeah. Well, I hope by the end of this year, um, <laughs> I hero pop you so much that you will eternally feel like a hero. I don't want to say hero whip. I don't know what, I don't know how you hero whip someone into shape, but you're about to be heroed. Um, but where did you come from before that, if you don't mind? Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. Okay, so you know of trees and mountains. And I know of the trees and mountains and things like that. Uh, believe it or not, Indiana has um, almost just as many trees as uh, Portland does and Oregon does. I was really surprised. And they actually have more cryptids over here and um, weird old ghost sort of mysteries because it's a way older place. So I just, you know, I've been on the West Coast my whole life, but um, being out here, it's pretty all right. Actually, that's our that's our slogan for um, Fort Wayne. My girlfriend and I yeah. like Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's not that bad. It's pretty all right. It's not that bad. Yeah, we were just there like maybe three weeks ago um, at a place. For real? Yeah, I think it was called Fuzzy Cactus, Neon Cactus, something. Cactus. I don't know. I don't know anything about this place. I have no friends here. I don't know anybody. So I just moved here. So. Yeah, well, that place was super cool. Everyone there was super uh, kind and um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like 
we met a comedian uh, in the back. There, there was a lots of comedy there in the, is that the Midwest still? Indiana? I think so, yeah. You got a lot of good comedy uh, and kindness out there, I would say. Um, oh, and a little topsy-turviness too. Uh, you know, a little something else but i think that's i feel like there's lots of water there yeah yeah there's there are lakes everywhere and um then you have the great lakes as well so so cool i bet you're gonna see so much cool stuff there i hope so i I don't really know much about the midwest so it's kind of an adventure for me i'm guessing that um you're all based on the west coast yeah, we're in Los Angeles. And That's we, what I was assuming. We just spent like oh, like ten days in Washington and uh, Oregon, and just to come back to this like desert, you don't realize how much this is like legit the desert until you're in anywhere else, and you're like, oh, there's water everywhere. Like it's just, and there's green everywhere, and we're coming up on our green season, which is winter. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's just such a strange different thing but it's like anyone that's near uh robust water and streams i'm like you're living the life like you're just in kentucky that is amazing um but i do i think i could probably talk to you forever um you seem so cool and uh, you're in a new place so i could just pop off i want to talk about places my dad lives in palm springs um so i go down to that area so that's probably where like some of the cactuses and stuff like that in my paintings probably come from. Also, my folks are from Arizona. Okay. So, but I was born in Portland. So. Okay. Yeah. There's a real like um, last week I had on someone that was an artist from the desert. Um, and there's a, a similar mysteriousness that I think only the desert can provide that you kind of have. Um, and your colors are like, um, amazing to me also by the way i'm a huge fan of your colors and it does seem like um a person that has had a majestic experience in the desert not like super trippy or something but you just like a real richness of desert and like art from before like 1700s vibe <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> i um the desert stuff like is probably from not actually living there, but having okay. visited so much. So every time you visit, it's like a special occasion, you know, like I go to visit my grandpa or whatever, you know, and just go down to like Phoenix and see all these plants and not used to seeing because yeah. I'm just used to seeing pine trees, but then you see a sorora or something and you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. If I touch it, it will hurt me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're just, I mean, it's like here is sort of like Dr. Seuss land. There's just the weirdest stuff. And it's so yeah. strange now that I've had like, um, I never really thought about it before, but having two years of not touring gave me the opportunity to have plants. I never could do that. And now I'm like, oh, understand yeah, that- <laughs> my relationship with plants is so insane now like the ones on the street I like know which ones are happy I know which leaves are new before I didn't realize the depth of life that every plant has there's so much beginning and ending it's so I don't know it's so different than us we don't have like a finger that's like 
slowly going away and then like a new one crop. It's just plants are so far out, but um, that would be awesome. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, but yeah. How like those types of plants, the weird succulent desert things are like the ones that are like one inch are the same as the ones that are like 50 feet. And it's just like, one is just 500 years old and one, you know, it's just like, I have all these baby alien plants in my house now. And then when I go outside, I see the ones that, you know, have just been like doing their thing for like 500 years. And it's, they're so weird. Like just, yeah. Having life and death in the same thing. I guess that's the principle behind like the Lotus or something, but I'm not the Lotus. I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but yeah, we let's get to that later. But I would like to discuss with you, um, please, if you will, as um, as your process is like, um, I, I I've just been a huge fan of your art. We all are, and then you just posted something that I think you thought was going to be boring. Artist, um, what's it called? Your the way you do your process. Oh, a I, process, yeah. Yeah, and I was like. I mean, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen each. It looked like you had seven steps and each of them and you don't have to have them memorized. We'll just talk about it. Okay, cool. I just I don't want to be pushy, but um, yeah, is that each of them? um, It's just so cool. I guess I just wanted to ask you first off as like, how do you define or describe an art trance? Um, Well, um. I guess I would just draw a really small square, like the size of a um, the size of like a postage stamp, and I just start staring into it to the point where I'm actually inside of the little square drawing. Or like you'll, you know, you make a couple lines, but then you'll start seeing more stuff compositionally. I think that what you're referring to is like the opening um sequence of like when i'm trying to do the conceptualization for a painting where i'll basically what i do is um here i'll back it up like super far and then we'll go then i'll say the art trance thing um so when i'm coming up with a series of paintings i i'm like very methodical and like kind of ritualized with with each one with each um little thing that i do Um, so lately I've been coming up with, um, I've been working in series, so I'll have nine paintings in every series and each series is based off of a story that I come up with and I create the story by first pulling tarot cards and kind of, um, kind of do a story spread with that. So then I kind of plot everything out really really loosely and figure out what the nine um, thing with the nine um, paintings would sort of be. And then when I say, when I was like kind of goofing off and talking about going into an art trance, I was being goofy, but at the same time, that's really what it is. Yeah. Like you just, when you start doing the thumbnail process, um, I mean, there are like little drawings the size of your thumbnail, I'll like draw out maybe maybe five to six of them. And I'll just 
start kind of doodling and yeah, going into a weird trance and something happens and there's like a weird magical thing that kind of happens. It's hard to describe unless you're doing it. Right. Totally. Well, I think a lot of people describe it in a lot of different ways. So I think that that's what's so exciting is, um, I met a lady last night that said it was being filled with the Holy Spirit. I was at a festival in the middle of it. A lady came up to me and told me about, you know, I mean, everyone has their way of describing what is happening there. But I guess um, has tarot always been your start? How'd you get how'd you get into? No, no, it hasn't. Um, Tarot was definitely not my start. Um, I like tarot cards and I've been using them a lot more lately, but I've only been reading them for maybe like five years now. But, um, before that, um, before that I had like some unhealthy like habits, I would think that I would maybe get ideas from alcohol. So, so I would go to a bar by myself and I would draw out my little squares, my sketchbook and I would drink and I would, um, you know, come up with ideas that way, but I'm sober. So I don't do that anymore. And I, thanks. So I use tarot cards and stuff like that now. Yeah, no, I think that that's super cool. I think that brings up a really interesting point is, um, is that it's kind of like, I was just curious if it was like divination, like you were. It kind um, of is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll do like, um, it's like, I don't know if it's like self divination or if it's something else out there, but, um, but I took a few tarot classes and got into it and it's pretty fun. I'll read for friends and stuff like that too. But I, um, but yeah, when I'm, it's kind of like doing a reading for yourself, but yeah. it, it's like, maybe, maybe this stuff is coming from me, but maybe it's coming from somewhere else too. So, right. so I don't the, really know. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if you have to. Um, no, I think you're, I think you're doing just fine the way you're doing it, but is it, do you feel like when you're choosing or when you're channeling or when you're being guided to, or when you're guiding yourself toward your paintings and your series and everything, do you, follow like the like the guidance from the cards or the visual stuff from the cards or the symbolism uh just curious that might be hard to answer it <laughs> um yeah um it comes in picture form but it's like pictures with a story or um yeah when i'm looking at the cards i do take um visual cues from them like i use the rider weight deck you know so like sometimes i'll you know if i see a stormy sky or like a gray sky like i'm thinking like five of cups or something there's like that stormy sky in that one you know maybe all that might be in like the slot for my story so my like I'll back up one more time. My story spread goes like this. I pull like five cards and one of them is like, it goes character conflict, um, setting, uh, emotion and theme. So if I have like one of my slots is like, um, 
like the setting, let's say, and it has like that gray sky in the background, I might be like, okay, this might be, okay, this this painting is going to be set in Portland or, you know, That's like so a, cool. That's, something like that. This is so cool. I don't know. Like I just did a panel at this thing called desert days, this festival where they were like, it's like on mysticism and music. And I think I was supposed to like how you have this clear system that you've created, you know, the system that's so cool. It's just real. It's, I, I had no idea how to describe my system because it's just like so willy nilly. But this is this is really cool. Thank you for sharing this. I think it's amazing that you found that. And I, I'm also um, trying or I don't um, drink anymore. So uh, it's a weird thing to play on. Stage. Congratulations, like, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's weird, like um, finding that like um that energy, that energy from something else. Uh, I mean, I'm I tell other people like everything's within, you just need to look within, but it is still really hard to like, cause alcohol or other things is like so easy. It's so it's, it, you just do one of it. I mean, theoretically, and then you have that new energy um, and poof, it's just right there. And it's like to, to how you've, I don't know if this is the right word, but I really want to use it. Circumvent um, that step and just go straight to the like inspiration, like method um, and all the stuff to, in a, as an artist is amazing. I think you should be too proud of yourself. You should be flying through the ceiling. Right Dang, now. You should be super proud of yourself too. <laughs> like being around, being in that environment, like that rock and roll environment. Like I used to play in punk bands when I oh, was cool. in my early, um, my early like twenties. And then I was like a bartender for 15 years. Yeah. So I know that environment really well. Yeah. And it's really intense when everybody around you is drinking, like, that's badass on you for being able to do that. Oh, thanks. I don't, I mean, I don't know that I'm like, uh, I, this is just, I guess it's been like eight months now, but it's, uh, like just randomly, but, um, I've only been on basically like two tours without it. Um, that's a lot. That's yeah, plenty. it's a lot. It's, it's just, it is like to where to find that energy. I think like, um, what I'm going to find out soon from not using that and trying to find it elsewhere is going to be so exciting. Um, but I can't say that I've completely found it yet or like um, doing my job in grace yet. I'll be honest, but the actual playing I could at first, I was like, I don't like this. And now I'm like, I like this. Like I I'm like, better than I was before. Yeah. I I, yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't like, I know people always say that and they're like, it'll take time, but I don't like, I'm like super black and white. It's either right now or it's never going to happen. And so it was like a weird thing. It's like, oh, you have to practice some things. Um, but I guess that's so cool um, about also it's called is a thumbnail like a, a the that term? actually is like a weird technical artist term. Cool. Yeah. When people are generating like it's sort of like a, I would say a thumbnail is like a pre storyboard idea. So like a, like if you are um, making a movie or something like that, or uh, like an illustrated book, you would come up with your storyboard pictures. Thumbnails are more primitive than a storyboard picture. A storyboard picture is like pretty set in its composition. It's not tight. 
Okay. You know, it's That's- just a, so that would be like my second step would be like story board ish okay. kind of drawing in my sketchbook. That's super um, cool though. Cause I, I'm like my, <laughs> my opposite process, which isn't like working is I have like the most biggest paper and I do like it without looking. And then I'm like, never go back to it. Cause I'm like, oh, and I do it all with permanent marker, but I like this idea if it's like, and then I have to keep stepping back a bunch. But I think if I just do a really tiny one, that might be a really uh, fun way to stick with it. It's like a plant or something too. It's like it grows from a little baby yeah. seed into a that, big painting. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, I guess, did you, um, did you go to art school? Mm-mm. No, so I didn't. I did a, I went to the U of O a while ago um, and I got, I'm 43. I graduated a long time ago and and I did a political science degree of all things, but I went in as a music major and then I like switched around and I was just playing um, in my band a lot and partying. And I just switched to political science because I knew I could like get it and graduate. And then I kind of floated around for a little while playing music. And I wrote horror stories. I wanted to become a horror author for a while. So I got really into that. And then, um, and then I started kind of getting into art again in my late twenties. I drew all the way through like childhood and stuff, but I kind of quit that when I was like in college, but then I circled around to it. And then I made my first painting at the age of 30, which is a little late, you know, for most people, but Hey, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's when it came, I guess. Do you, I, I read in your bio, uh, (laughs) you like spooky mysteries. Do you have a favorite spooky mystery? Or like no. a cryptid or you, no favorites? No, <laughs> no favorites. Um, but maybe I do have a favorite, like a spooky real life mystery. Uh, I mean, I read a lot of uh, like um, horror novels and stuff like that. So I like those kind of spooky mysteries. As far as like a real life spooky mystery, I like um, Indrid Cold. I think that that's oh, a God. cool spooky character. Have you read the, the like... Um... John Keel's Mothman prophecies? No, but I'm really familiar and I love Mothman would be like probably my second favorite, like spooky mystery. Oh my God. If you will, I would, I should read that. I would love to send you a copy of that book. It's, it's kind of like how I became interested in the like UFO phenomenon as being like, um, and like high strangeness and the way that he was just an investigator in the sixties for all that stuff. And he was kind of the first person I learned about that. Um, doesn't just think there's like these like green guys in the sky. Like he's like, they're psychic. It's and all of the cases he talks about are of before there was any of these, like there's no drones. There was no like crazy shit in the sky. Like all these people are having these super similar experiences all over the world. And he, the book is, isn't, is about that experience with the Mothman and the bridge and stuff like that. Um, and that name, which I feel scared to say, but, uh, yeah, he, it's like all about that whole time in, um, Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia. And it's like, I, nothing in the world I could recommend to you more if you want to chill your bones 
Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yes. Spooky mysteries. I mean, I did get really, when I was a, yeah, long, you were reminding me. I mean, when I first read um, Communion by Whitley Strieber, whoa, yeah. that was like pretty scary. And, um, you know, I watched a lot of like Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid and like all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of grew up on X Files and things like that. So, yeah. those were spooky mysteries. Yeah, for sure. I just, some people are hung up, you know, they have their, job being an artist and then some people have, have like this thing they're all hung up on and you're like whoa i sh- should have asked like what's what's keeping you up at night what mystery are you trying to solve at home oh um, yeah i guess i don't have like a personal <laughs> spooky mystery like i'm walking around with like a flashlight no, trying to like solve no, these mysteries yeah nobody else has either don't worry <laughs> this is, sweet yeah 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 this isn't like a normal uh question and you've not failed in any way i was just like that'd be so cool yeah that would be cool if i was like okay you know by day i make these weird paintings but by night i'm trying to solve the disappearance (laughs) of my youngest brother yeah 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 you know i mean those people (laughs) have jobs too you know um but i guess uh, something i wanted to ask you and i feel like you can i never i'm like uh, you can be like, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, but that's not how you would sound. But I I just like to know stuff. Um, but do you like I've noticed you um, know so much about different races of all creatures and stuff like that. Do you um, I make it up? OK, fair enough. OK, I just have like this imagination that just cool. kind of goes wild. Okay, so cool. I, when I'm doing my Instagram <laughs> posts, I'm just having a really fun time. Okay, cool. All my paintings take place in a magical, I get this question a lot. Okay. So that's why I like jumped all over it. Sorry. No, no, no. I, no, <laughs> I'm happy. No, no, no. I was going to like mince those words for a while to gently place it, but perfect. I like where I like your uh, candor. <laughs> yeah. I decided to invent like uh, some sort of um, an imagination. Um, sandbox for myself cool. a, a awesome. long time ago and um it's like a, um it's an imaginary world that all my paintings live in it's kind of like a narnia type place but i call it the southwestern bellows and okay. they all take place there and it's like the late 1800s it's like a fantasy novel or it's like a fantasy setting like lord of the rings but it's instead of being in medieval times it's in the late 1800s yes. and it's maybe in california ish but um but instead of elves, there are like all of the aliens and stuff that we have. So instead of having it be like a fantasy world that's through like the eyes of like a British person, yeah. it's through the eyes of an American. So and- we have like all, all of this weird, I mean, not to say that, you know, aliens aren't in the uk or you know but like that's just like those are some of our spooky mysteries yeah are just aliens and stuff so i put them in my stories it's amazing it's like exactly it's it's fantasy exactly for my taste which is (laughs) so thank you but like for real like the 1800s these types of characters oh my god there's flies there's flies having sex on my I didn't want. Rude. I don't know if "sex" is the right word, but 
I mean, it is. That's I've been seeing a lot of that too. Dragonflies yesterday. I thought the maybe it's like, that time of year down there. Fall. Maybe you said it's I gonna mean, be the green season. I know. I'm not a scientist, know. but I feel like it's like I don't know. I, they're right there. They just flew away. Sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, it's exactly what I'm like. I love your style so much. I love your content, and it was so weird. So it, I found it from a meme. Uh, there was like a meme that popped off of your art that was like, like something happened. I can't remember exactly what, but I was like, when is this from? And who is this? Like, this artist is like, um, your colors, everything. I was just like, this is exactly what I like. Um, you know, and like, and where my imagination, I'm not a visual person, but where my, it feels good and you can stare at it for so long and see so many things. And it's like, yeah, it's just, I, I really love it. So that's so cool. It's a full on um, sandbox that you made. I think that's super cool. And I just, yeah, I have obviously, all these. oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I just have all these characters that live in my head. So I have like a lot of friends, but they're not real. And they're all just in my head and I just paint them and talk yeah. to them and make up stories about them. That's so cool. It just begs the question, like, are they not real? <laughs> are they not memories from a different life? Are they not things happening in the future? Like, I did see a UFO once, but okay. it really wasn't that exciting. Yeah. Sadly, I really wish it was super cool. And the experience changed my life forever. And really wish I saw an actual alien, but I right. saw a UFO that didn't even really look like, I don't even know what it looked like. It looked like a weird orange energy ball. And it was about the size of a car. And I saw it in 2009 and it was in Springfield, Oregon. And it was just kind of flying in the sky and it just like flew over these houses, like really slowly. And then it was gone and then it was over. It was like, I wasn't even ready for it. I didn't even, I wasn't even like, like I wish somebody was like, hey, dude, check out this UFO. You're going to see it. It's yeah. going to happen. But I was like, walk into the corner store for something stupid like cat food. And then I saw it. And then I was like, whoa, oh, it's gone. What? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. That, that was my UFO story. I think that's a really good and important story. They don't have to be these like, um, you know, people jumping out of cakes, exciting responses. Like it can just be as good as seeing something and noting it. Um, my experiences also, I don't, I, I, there wasn't the physical, you know, joy. I, I guess I would have expected either. It was more, um, being compelled oh. to go to an area, seeing something, and then being like, whoa. What was yours? <laughs> well, I guess, I don't know if I've ever said this one on here. I can tell you one that's really weird and crazy, um, but might make people feel uncomfortable. Yes. Okay, I will tell you. I don't think I've ever said this on here. And when people ask me if I've seen UFOs, usually I'm just like, not really. Um I have no physical um, feelings from this, but okay. So I will tell you this tale is um, in about like 1999, I went to New York around Halloween 
um, time to visit like a friend or significant other. And I went with another friend or met up with them and we went to this party. This is so weird to say this stuff. Uh, but we went to this party on a roof, which is normal there. It was New um, York city, right? New York city, Manhattan, <laughs> like, I don't know, like I, I was like a kid. So, you know, like a teenager. So I didn't really, um, care what the name of the street was but now knowing new york it was like around like 12th or 14th street and then that means like there's only i don't know like a fifth of the city below you i guess or what i'm not super good at math or geometry or what's that when it's about maps geography geography i'm not that yeah geometry geography um (laughs) but okay so this is the truth and it can be we were at this party there was like anywhere from like 20 to 30 people we were drinking beers which is funny also just like let's get a party drink a beer uh cool let's get a six-pack um but so we were up there for a while and we were looking down at the twin towers uh as they're called and um we were just like that's so cool like the city like you look up and you see the um, Chrysler building and the Empire State building, you look down, you see these things and it just makes so much sense. And uh, people were in costume, Halloween. And then at some point we saw something smash into one of the towers and make an explosion. Um, and we didn't exactly see what it was, but it was like, we all talked about it, this 20 to 30 people. Like, oh my God, holy shit. We didn't have cell phones. It was like this pre time. Yeah. Not everyone had camera. We didn't have cameras. We didn't have phones. We just had beer cans and each other <laughs> and costumes. And it was like, holy shit. Oh my God. And it's not like that. I, the difference of time of not being able to post or text, like the idea of just seeing something that big and knowing you just have to wait for the whole city to react and being like us all kind of being like, you know, just like, holy shit, what was that? And then this group of people. And then the next day, because that's when you find out news, you don't go, you know, it's like, we weren't going to go to a party and then be like, let's go look at the news. We're on a roof, you know, it's like 1990s. Um, And the next day, there was nothing about it. It didn't happen. Was it like, um, was it like an airplane? It was like a like was it a precognition type thing about like 9/11 or so. was it just like you saw like something come it out of the sky and hit one of the towers randomly or like like a UFO like or something. Yeah, oh, it, far it out. felt like that to that was more like the vibe. I know that sounds stupid but when you talk to contactees, experiencers and abductees, they're the feeling these things give them is almost the most compelling evidence like beyond them having chips or like burns mm-hmm. or or memories that people just don't care about <laughs> like you know it doesn't matter but it's it's the feeling that happened before that um and you know that was like something was off that day i didn't know what it was so i decided to take an umbrella and then that's like leads to this you know whatever and it's just it's the feeling but we just uh, it was this feeling and this is so weird I, i've seen other ufos but this is like to me the most evidence of one because of the space-time issue, if something were to crash into something, 20 people see it. That's news now. That gets fast. There's photos. It's out. Blah, blah, blah. Then yeah. 
there was just no like way of capturing it. You just used your mind. And then the next day we were like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. What happened? You know, and then like um, and it was nowhere. And we were like, you saw that, right? And it's like, yeah, you did. Right. And so it's just like this thing of like, oh, my God, we just experienced something that isn't real. That must be alien. So that's that's the most far out thing that has ever happened to me. Um, but I feel like people because of what did happen there, I feel like it's like people think I'm trying to imply that I had some um, mystical experience that was foreshadowing it. And it's like, I don't think I'm that special. I do think a, a craft um, a dimensionally or not crashed into those buildings um, maybe in another dimension where they never went down and we were seeing the future. I have no idea, but I am certain that we saw a crash. We heard the sound. We saw the smoke. Um, it was tiny. It wasn't like, no, that was, that's how big it was when you look at it. From, yeah. Like, yeah. When you're yeah, like, super it, far away. It wasn't, that would be so funny. This whole story. And I was like, and it was like three inches long. No. <laughs> it was <laughs> like a peanut. Yeah. 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 That was the weirdest part. No, I mean, <laughs> You know, and yeah. And also now it's like, yeah, I mean, there's so many other elements to it that make it a little bit um, at the time that was like, holy shit. I like your story. That's cool. Uh, thanks. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. If people ask me if I've seen stuff, usually it's like the other ones where it's just like, yeah, I w-, you know, but I get it. It's not. Have you ever seen a craft that has like looked like a craft, like what, um, like a. A UFO that's that actually looks like a standard UFO. Yeah, I can send yeah. you a video after if you want. It's oh, what? so weird. In 2020 was I I don't know if anything weird happened for you that year, but for me, a few few different things than usual happened. And I had a lot more time to um not go on, you know, to look within and see what was wrong and try and fix it. Um and that like manifested in like, I found a bunny rabbit on Easter, like this tiny little bunny <laughs> rabbit. All of these things were real physical, like w- things that were so weird. And on Christmas, and it was so ridiculous. I was like, these holidays, these things are happening. But on Christmas, I just like decided to go on a second walk with my dog, like maybe two hours after I already did in the, you know, not not something I would ever do just based on, I don't like the sun and I would prefer, like I go out early as to avoid Me the pressure of heat. Yeah. And so to go out two hours later in the like hellscape of the sun living in the Valley, I was like, Oh, but I just felt compelled to. And I went out and I drove to this park. I went to a different spot than I've ever been. And I looked up and I took five minutes of footage of this, like just this thing that completely disappeared after. And it was like, um, it was like a silver, um, like how they're seeing now more of like a Tic Tac thing. I'll send it oh, to you. Oh yeah. Then. Yeah. And that's another thing I would like to discuss with you is because you're, you're getting this 1800s thing that maybe is just your obsession and your, um, is your, what's it? You're like Moby Dick or whatever. Like that's your, that's your eyes or that way. I guess, do you have any um, take on why like spacecrafts kind of resemble um, the sort of technology of the times, like in the sixties or those like the saucers, which is so 
makes sense that people would see saucers then. And then in the like 90s, it was so popular to see the triangle ones. And then like as our technology grew, like they in the 1800s and before they used to see like ships, you know, and like, yeah, it's always kind of like, like, what do you think that is? It goes with the times. Wow. That is pretty far out. Well, I guess just off the cuff, I have a couple ideas of what it could cool. be. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe um, these are, this isn't like as cool as, as, um, as I want it to be because I love the idea of, you know, things from other worlds coming here, but maybe they're um, like shared egregores or something like that, that, uh, humans are creating like we're actually responsible for these or you know if it it goes along with the time period and us but um maybe also maybe these other things are advancing like we are or maybe these other things are different things completely like so back in the 80s like this one group of people with this triangle ship or 90s were visiting us and then they were like okay cool we we checked that planet out that was boring and then a different type so we have some tic-tac people here i just read the most chilling book about aliens um recently um actually wrote it down here um be cool if i could I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I'm painting. So yeah. I just listened to this one. Um, maybe it'll pop up, but um, it was real. Oh, yeah. It's called This Book is So Scary. What? It's by David M. Jacobs. Okay. And he's like this. His book is called The Threat. Oh my God, it's like terrifying. He's like a PhD. He's done a lot of, um, he's, he's personally conducted um, a lot of regressions on people who have had experiences with the grace and he gets really technical about it. And he feels like he has their whole agenda, like mapped out Okay, and it's, it's pretty scary. Um, he like talks about their different abilities okay, and like that kind of stuff. It's pretty terrifying, but he, his whole hypothesis is that they're, um, here and they are, um, using humans for, um, for, uh, breeding purposes. They're trying to, to make the perfect, um, sort of hybrid that can be part of our society so that they can eventually um, live amongst us. Or maybe they're missing some biological component that maybe they used to have as far as like breeding goes. So that kind of stuff is terrifying. I know. Unfortunately for a lot of the people you talk to, I hate to break it to you, but I hate to break it to you, but that is the most um common and least terrifying almost like of the conclude not conclusions but um aspects to it um it, is that agenda is the hybrid uh agenda and it mean that um 
that that's become not scary to me at this point. Like or that <laughs> I don't, it's like, I've, I, and this is, I don't know why I feel so comfortable talking to you, but um, I've met a few of these hybrids. Uh, you and, have. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I feel like I'm showing off saying this stuff, but the only reason I know is because again, of just knowing and like um, them being uh, and like Yvonne and this, David M. Jacobs. I'll ask her tonight if she's friends with him. Um, but because uh, that community, I think he's from. Cal- I think he might actually be from the California area. Now that I'm thinking I about if he's it, part so. of this group. It's like that community. If you think like music is small, like Lord, the UFO community. That, you know. Um, oh, but I guess I just want to say, yeah. Like I, I'm not an expert on it. I'm just here, and like when I've had her on, that's the exact same thing she says. And she's not. It's not like um super hopeful <laughs> you know and it's not super not scared someone that's like been working in this realm for like 30 years isn't like um you would just think like uh, uh, that they'd find some peace in it or something but not that she's without peace it's just like it is that is what is happening uh, or that's what they're putting in our minds to say through regression and through our memories and through our uh but and you have this in your art is often mo- a lot of people will discuss the that there's one guy there that um, is sort of the overseer on the crafts and it's the mantis. He's just like waiting there patiently without like there is one head of the mission that's a different type. It's always the mantis among you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I've even though you know, all the stuff I paint is fake and made up. I am a big (laughs) follower of UFOlogy. And like, you know, I like to make people laugh and like, you know, so I'll make up these stupid stories. They're like kind of fun for me. But, um, but yeah, I do. I am a follower of UFOlogy and, you know, I'll read the books and learn about it. I talk to a lot of people who have, had experiences with mantoid type um, creatures. And I was going to ask about the David M. Jacobs was talking about how human hybrids who are more like humanoid. Yeah. He he had like different stages broken down. Like I love all the technical stuff, but he was saying once they get the, the, the terrifying thing is, is that um, he was saying that like a typical gray, um, it will do like a thing where, um, where once a person is abducted, it will like lean over the person and it will like do something with its eye, with its eyes that will, um, sort of hypnotize or paralyze somebody. And then the scary thing is, is that, so you have like a human who has the same abilities that like one of these aliens has. So like a yeah, humanoid who can hypnotize you with its eyes and like, do, and who's slightly telepathic. I didn't so think they're coming that. into, you know, so maybe like these hybrids that you're meeting, you know, are like, do they have powers? Well, I didn't, it's so funny because I did something so rude that I, I need to check is I kind of like, what's it called when you're speciesist? I kind of look down on them like I'm superior or like I know what you are, which is so rude. And thank you for saying that is like they're superior to me, maybe. And I would like I don't once know I, if they're superior. They just are well, different. I would Right. But imagine. I shouldn't. I, I should. We 
personally, I don't want to ever think I'm like superior, particularly to like any animal. It seems weird, but I will say that it was like, yeah, it was like a, a, a strange discovery. I didn't know that that existed, but then putting all the pieces together after I was like, holy shit, that was a hybrid. Like little things like, I'll just tell you some of the clues that I found that among like the three that I've ever witnessed. And these all sound like things that could happen in just regular life. But when you put all the things together, that's when you can have some fun. But they're all of them, their forehead seems like askew. And I don't, I, I, I would never meet someone and be like, their forehead is askew. And the fact that that was like a similar thing only these three times in my life, I was like, wow, that's weird. Um, sure. They also seem to be programmed to be a person and didn't have the capability to do certain things. Like not with me, but one of my friends went out with one and they didn't know how to physically touch a human gently or sexually or sensually as a, as an adult. And they like things that aren't, there are people with uh, on the spe all, spectrum, all sorts of different things. But this is like someone that was given this like task, go to earth, be a human. And he would like go like this to her boobs and didn't know you're supposed to kiss. And I know these things are everyone's different sexually, of course. But this is when you add all of these things up. Um, he had like a full wall of just Coca-Cola cans. Uh, full like he would just drink that all day that's right along with that book yeah that okay I was talking about like okay. people <laughs> would also one of the other things would be people would be abducted and then they would be forced to interact with these hybrids almost like they're teaching yeah. like forced to teach these um you know I'm not sure if I you know, I guess I'm like just open-minded. I don't have yeah. any answers. I like following this stuff, but yeah. you know, his, his, that most recent book sounds, okay. that sounds it like aligns it's to like yeah. almost everything I've talked to other people about, but yeah, not being able, it's also like the men in black thing too. Like they're supposed to be, you know, a little bit non- yeah non-human or like not down with like human cues and stuff yeah well which i know a lot of you know culturally we're all different so there's different human cues and um neurologically we're all different but when you start adding things like their forehead is weird like doesn't fit or like their brain size might be different or something yeah, or like everyone in their family looks this way but they're super tall and like their eyes look like they're it's just the ocean or what all these different weird things and then you're like oh they're a famous architect that's weird you know just whatever like these things where you're like that isn't and all the ones i've met also have had parents that were i don't know where if this is related but it's Real, for me, it's related is that they've all been involved in um, either a, being a pilot um, of some kind, um, not, not like for the military, but just being a pilot. It was a, also the three people's parents were uh, either. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So it's like, that's I mean, I guess, mystery. I mean, maybe someone else can like Occam's razor this shit and be like, that's just how you are if your parent is a pilot. But I don't think so. If your parent's a pilot, you're going to have a weird forehead. Yeah, that's just yeah. how things are. I know, but there's some scientists <laughs> out there that's just like, I can't believe 
all the scientists listening to this are just like, oh, she's way off. But I do want to <laughs> say one thing more to you just about the um, it's the Mothman prophecies. And it's kind of talk. just one thing that he talks about in there that sort of is about all of this is he um, discusses um, how like he doesn't believe like he he he's doesn't know what it is. That's the main point of all of this. But he's just like that new thing. You know, people are talking a lot about poltergeists and how they believe that that's the abuse and trauma being um, the like it. Have you heard about how poltergeists aren't ghosts or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you have experience with a poltergeist? Um, No, I've seen ghosts before um, and I've had like out of body experiences and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've had some other paranormal uh, experiences. Um, I just want to be, yeah, I've never like um, been around a poltergeist though, but I can imagine what it would be like. And I can imagine that it, yeah, caused by humans Yeah, and like, you know, I'm, I, practice um wicca i'm into you know magical things and i can you know see that i do believe in magic you know i don't you know i don't know if i've ever seen somebody do it to the point where you know it's like creating knocks and like moving objects but i mean we don't we don't know everything yeah you know we don't know what dark matter is i mean that's <laughs> yeah. and that's supposed to be a huge component to you know everything around us so right. i mean uh, can i ask you a question about boring stuff real or not boring yeah, stuff, but totally. to me this is like uh my mind's bread and butter if you will it's like at the end your your process you have seven steps is the seventh step is go back to step one, which I think is the most amazing step of all. Uh, do you like, and I'm sorry, but do you, is this a weekly, like, do you wake up, do you paint every day or draw every day or? Yeah. Okay. And uh, do you give yourself time at the end before you begin anew or do you not, how do you, what's your, what's your schedule? So, like? <laughs> um, I'm, Glad you asked that. I love my schedule. I love schedules and I love routines. I'm like super routine oriented. So, and also like when I do like, well, I was talking about coming up with thumbnails for like a whole series, I stagger all the processes. So like my whole sketchbook practice is actually separate from my painting practice. So like right now I'm working on a painting series right now, I'm on the last two paintings of like a nine painting series. Meanwhile, in my sketchbook, I have a whole nother nine that are already drawn out. And then on top of that, I have a future uh, story I'm writing for new ones. So like I have my next 10 paintings planned out. So I'm really weird like that. No, but but as far as feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As far as, um, So I never have to be like, oh, what am I going to paint? You know, I never do that. But um, but I pretty much my current schedule is I wake up at seven o'clock and I start painting at seven thirty and I paint for two and a half hours. I go for a walk and eat some breakfast and I paint for another two and a half hours and I take a 
little break and I do some administrative stuff. So I paint for five hours every day. And then at night I'll practice the classical guitar and I will um, draw in my sketchbook. And then that's about it. That's so cool. Do you walk um, in, is that like, does it matter where you walk or are you just walking for the physical part of it? Yeah. For the physical stuff, or I just like walk around the whole city, around the park. I always go for a lot of walks. Yeah. I go for a walk at night and a walk in the morning. Um, See, like late night, I'll like go just walk around and stuff. Do you always I go by yourself or do you go with your girlfriend? I go with my girlfriend in the morning, but if she's not around, um, then I'll just go by myself too. Okay. I love your schedule. It's I I love uh, schedules too. I don't have one, but I love them. Um, I I used to um, do this other one that I um, where I would try to paint for I would paint for five and a half hours late at night, but I think I get more done now. But um, um, but I was doing this thing called the morning pages i don't know if you're familiar with that it's like the julia cameron the artist way thing yeah so for your listeners that they're not familiar with it it's like this practice where you like wake up and you're supposed to like draw right out whatever comes to your mind you're just kind of like purging your brain of all this stuff (laughs) and um, i was kind of like doing that first thing in the morning for like an hour and a half doing my morning pages and also like doing that in a combination of like sketching, but, um, but I actually think it was starting to make me super depressed because oh, like when no. you're doing morning pages, you like write all this negative shit down and you're like, so it started off my day with like all this negativity. Randomly. So like, so now I just wake up and I start painting like almost immediately when it's like almost too painful to like, you know, it's like, fuck, yeah. I just woke up. Now I have to like start working. Okay, let's do it. And but then that always makes me really happy. That's, so I'm going to write down this time. I think that's a, like the most beautiful. I have sentiment. this, I have this theory that um, yeah. if, if you're like a creative human and you have like this one, like passion that you're into doing and you want to be happy and mentally awesome. Um, even if you have a day job, um, if you can find a way to like wake up way before your day job and just do like two or three hours of your thing, first thing in the morning, don't even do anything else. Just like do your thing. Like if you need to play some guitar, if you have to do some songwriting, just like wake up and just like do that and then do the rest of your day. It'll just like get your day off to a killer start. You'll be like, yeah. I think that's the best advice ever. I don't, I, I don't like um, know too much about anything, but I do. There is a different quality to being alone on your state or your like time time zone to being like fresh to the day, first to the day, and and starting the day having done your dream. I think people don't give their dreams or their love um, as much attention as they give their schedule which is that's why you have to make it your schedule and i don't i think people just don't do that 
Yeah, and I have one more, um, one yeah. more wacky suggestion that just popped into my head that's been yeah. really helpful to me. Maybe Yay. not a suggestion, but maybe just like a Which random thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is to not look at social media or email or anything until after you've done your thing for the day. So, like, I've been. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll like an alarm on your phone will ring or something. And then you'll just randomly like check stuff. And then that gets your brain going on the, this other direction. And if you, or I don't mean you hypothetically, but like if a person, um, you know, is able to just jam out on their thing, their, their creative project without any of that stuff. And they just do all this, their own thing first. I don't know how you could not be happy. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that that's the best advice in the world. And I I don't always follow stuff like that, but I try to, I mean, I've like, I'm an artist. So like I have mental health things. I mean, I'm sure we all do if we're creative, it's like, you know, creative people, they're kind of, you know, they're weird. They were black. Can, Can I ask you a question? Just, I was thinking about, I drove a couple hours home today and I was just thinking, the whole way and this you don't have it's not that exciting but uh i was like either i feel like uh like imposter syndrome or egotistical like with when i think about art or talk about like the art i make do you have either of those or do you fall somewhere safely in the middle (laughs) um or i think having an ego is cool i just didn't i just i guess i was just like oh i don't really know anyone that's like you know what I mean? I have self-doubt. I'll say that. Okay. I doubt myself sometimes. But then um, but then I have like a, this weird idea where I feel like if I'm putting in the hours that I think that I should be putting in, I feel like, and this might just be me having like weird, um, foolish beliefs where I have like this magical way of thinking when really the world is just black and white and it's just (laughs) all about capitalism and taxes. But I have like this magical thinking idea that if I'm putting in the amount of hours that I need to put in, then the goddesses and gods will be like super happy and they'll be like, you know, they'll rain down good fortune upon me. But, um, But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I have imposter syndrome. I mean, I'll see other, I mean, other artists who are better than me and I'll be like, I need to try harder. I don't know. No, that's fair. <laughs> I don't even know if that's like a exciting question to ask someone else or if no, that's just I really me think asking it is myself. Because I do know other artists who have, who have like feelings like that. And um, that's the feeling I, I have. I guess I'm just like, either I'm like, like yeah (laughs) i play like mystical rock and roll that makes so much sense or i'm like what the fuck it's like you're not because it's not a clear i guess you it's because you have to make up your idea of success um and that that is part of being an artist is you have to define success to yourself and it's not what other people think it is so it's just so hard I like oscillate between the idea that I'm really doing it. And then remembering it's, are, are you, it, only you know that. And then I'm like, no, you're doing it. And then it's like, 
Doing what? <laughs> Writing songs, <laughs> playing shows, but you know, it's just, I don't know. I just see like, a, I was like going through a rough time. I was like in my thirties or so, and my brain wasn't on straight and I was like drinking too much. I was definitely painting, but I was also, um, I got, I, I started before, um, I was like a full-time painter. I was bartending at night. So I'd like paint and then I'd go to the bar and pour drinks and stuff. And my, I was having, so I started seeing this counselor and she was this old, cool hippie lady. And she was like, Mark, you're having an existential crisis. You need to just figure out some meaning for your life and just, um, just like really stick with it. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. So the meaning of life is to just choose what your meaning of life is. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I was like, um, I had just, this is like hardcore imposter stuff. I had just, um, but I wasn't, okay. I talk out of order. I'm slightly dyslexic. So I was like, um, I had started, um, taking a painting class at, um, at this community college. And I was going to go back to school and become like a graphic designer. And I started taking this painting class and I was like, I started doing it and it felt really weird and cool to paint for the first time. I'd never done it. And I was like, well, in like an out of body or like in a past life or something, this is really far out. And then, um, so I made this weird decision right then and there that I was going to paint for the rest of my life, even though I've only, I'd only done it for like a week or something. And I was like, cool. So I dropped out of school after like two weeks and I dropped out of the class. So I never actually took the painting class. I just was like into that. But here, like speaking of like imposter syndrome, the bar I was working at, I was like, I, I, we had art shows there. So um, I booked myself an art show yeah. like, um, like two months later and I never made it in paintings before. So I just, they were really bad, but I jammed them out as quick as possible. And then so I kind of got my start that way. That's and incredible. Like, I had all kinds of like weird feelings back then, but now that I've been doing it for longer, I, that- I feel like weird if I don't do it. So it's like, okay, I, I don't walk around like with full confidence or anything. No, that's, you know? that's the story I think I've, I've wanted to hear. I think that you're a master manifester. Uh, that's what that means. You invented you invented uh, your true purpose. Oh, actually, it's it's weirder than that. Um, okay. My my true purpose. I invented it um, in a weird way. I was writing um, horror stories in between the time when I graduated from college to that time when I attended community college. It was like um, seven, maybe maybe it was only yeah about a seven year span, but in that in-between time, I wanted to become a writer, like a horror writer. Like I really liked Stephen King. So I wrote this yeah. story and I never even sent it out to have it published, but it was a full length novel wow. and it was um, called Sleepy Cove. And one of the characters wow. in Sleepy Cove was, it was about the Wendigo. Um, do you know the Wendigo? Yeah. But um, it was uh, about that. And one of the characters in the story was this artist 
who like worked from home in a small town and she painted monsters and stuff. And so I became her and then, but weirdly I didn't even put two and two together until like maybe five years after I'd been painting. I was like, Holy shit. I've turned into that character from that story. I never even thought about a long time ago. I think I actually performed like a weird spell I think so too. made that happen <laughs> yeah totally I that is so cool to me because that, that's how I kind of do stuff is our last record that came out is like two years old today which I didn't realize and it was we put so much spells in there without really even knowing like we were like oh we're gonna sing these songs every day so let's make the words meaningful so that over time we'll have sang them so many times we didn't realize we were not gonna sing them for two years, you know, but I just realized today, like someone wrote, like, you know, it's just, we're making, I don't know what it is, if it's physical or extra physical or whatever's happening, but you're making, you're a master manifester. That's what it means. I don't know if we're all sitting up and this is a simulation and you're just doing it, but not everyone has that thing where they um, decide something, set up an art show for themselves like two months later, create actual art, get it in like a common story and why you're a hero. It's a common story is maybe to have that first impulse, but then to be so scared and be like, oh God, that was a crazy idea. I'm totally not going to show anyone my art, but you're a hero and a master manifester. So you got that art done and now you can look back at it and be like, wow, that's like so funny that I made the biggest decisions all within like a a few months span and that's 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 the shit i'm into for sure quick decisions leading to long lasting effects <laughs> yeah that was really like it was really a definite like hardcore decision that's i was awesome. like i was like hey therapist yeah so i've decided to do that i'm just going to become a full-time artist my ex-wife at the time she loved that idea yeah sounds yeah <laughs> but, um, but, i can imagine but i was like i think i'm gonna get make art tattooed on my knuckles yeah. and she's like do it <laughs> she's like, so it's like i got my little so i have a little mantra or whatever you know yeah but I like definitely committed to a, a wacky course of action. At, uh, well, yeah. And I have like this one other phrase that I always say in my head, like when yeah. shit starts getting weird, I always say doubt is death. Doubt is death. Yeah. So if you start doubting something, then it's going to definitely fail. That so. is so true. That is amazing. That is, I, I saw that lesson this weekend and now you solidified it. Doubt is death. Thank you. Um, I um, is it, my computer doesn't like save these if it's much longer than an hour. So, is there anything that you would like to tell anybody about anything? Um, I'm gonna post your um, post. No, I'm gonna link your any info that you consider to be pertinent. I will link to this. But is there anything uh, for anywhere that you would like to say? <laughs> hmm. Um, or you the can truth, the, the truth is out there. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not like sure you, what to say. I know. I wouldn't really like that question either, honestly. But I guess, like, when's your new paintings come out? Well, um, do you know that in advance? 
Well, um, yeah, that, that's kind of a funny question because I, um, I used to work with this gallery in New Orleans. Um, and I, in 2019, I kind of made this choice to stop um, working with galleries, period, and to just um, sell my work directly to collectors. So oh, that's cool. really my paintings are coming out every month and people can just buy them off of my website if they want one or I sell okay. prints on there too. I would like to do vending events. I think that would be fun. Like I always like, um, they have like, they have those like all the time in Portland. I'm sure LA has them like every day. Yeah. I noticed like, that people that you like from Instagram that I like are Boss Dog and Mitch Horowitz. I know Boss Dog is opening a store in Palm Springs. Maybe yeah. this weekend. I don't know. Yeah, if- he's an old Portland guy. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I met him there and I met him in Eugene and uh yeah, I've um, I don't know him super well, but he's always been really nice to me and stuff. Um, I think he's affiliated with Sizzle Pie, but I don't. I don't really know, know anything. He did very generously did the artwork for a single that we had come out last year, and it was like it was his art, and it was called "It's All Really Kind of Amazing." And then we wrote a song. And I listened to art? Mitch Horowitz today. No way! Which is funny. Oh my god! <laughs> I was listening to him on a podcast. Oh, cool. Which podcast? Uh, it's called Which Magic Is This? Cool. Um, yeah, they were doing an episode on Helena. Um, I always mess up her name. Boblowski. I'm not like, I'm, I don't know anybody. I just oh, she's to like you. A, <laughs> I only know you well, now. Well, she's, oh man, it's too long, too hard to go into that here at the end. But um, they were talking about magic. Yeah, she. I know what you're talking about now. I thought you were talking about like whenever people say someone's name, I'm like, it's music. I'm like, I don't know her music, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> What's that? that That's my exciting? alarm. I have all these alarms on my phone. So like any time I um, like remember back in school when you have an alarm for everything. So yeah that's part of my schedule. Oh, I have like cool. seven alarms on my phone. I have like alarms for a little different things. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so sorry to jump around. I feel like I have so many questions for you. I know you're just trying, I'm trying to wrap it up, but one other thing is you can paint while you're listening to stuff. You, I am curious about that. Like, cause you, the art trance, like that means you're having multiple, conversations in your head like you're hearing and so when I'm coming up with um like when I'm doing uh actual painting that's totally just labor okay you know that's like I'm not being creative really and like you, you kind of have to get into colors a, yeah you kind of get into a flow state and okay. it's just slow going you just like go 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 so I just like have podcasts I listen to um music yeah, music yeah. and podcasts and audiobooks. Um, so I just do that. Yeah. And then, but when I'm uh, coming up with new stuff, I don't listen to anything. I just like pure silence while I'm like spacing out and like yeah. coming up with ideas. Cool. I'm sorry. I was just like, oh my God, I have to ask, how do you do two things at once? Um, and then I'm so sorry. Um, and is there anything up in your studio that like you, is it like decorated or is it like, not 
Is it um, I just moved I just moved in. Um, okay. You want to go? You want to go up there? You want to see it? Maybe I'll turn this off and you can walk because okay. they can't see this. So that might be like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, thank cool. you so much for coming to the podcast. <laughs> oh, um, thank you, Bonnie. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.